Should we get started? Does this, yeah, sound, does this do sound okay? <laughs> Can you guys okay? hear my voice? Can you hear me? Let's do it. Let's All right, do well, it. Let's do it. Welcome, everybody, for back for another episode. Back for. Uh, back for. Back, 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 for. <laughs> back for another episode of uh, Chew Bubblegum and uh, Kick hey, Ass. Uh, you betcha. Oh, kick yeah, ass sure, there. you betcha. Yeah, you betcha. Oh, yeah. You this kick, is what we're doing. Okay. You got to kick yeah. ass. You got to oh. kick ass. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, oh, I come oh, down yeah. there right around uh, Jerry's house and I say, oh, yeah, you betcha. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's going to be colder than a cow's nips out here. <laughs> cow's nips. <laughs> a cow's nips. <laughs> <laughs> you know the old saying you know, about cow nips. Cow nips. Uh, Never heard them called nips. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm one of hosts, Brett Battostain. Hi, Brett. Hi, Brett. I'm another one of the hosts. My name is Dylan. I am one third of a host. I am Tucker. Uh, hi, guys. We used to be a John Carpenter <laughs> podcast. Uh, we aren't anymore, though. Now we're Uh-oh. doing uh, other stuff. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> what are we doing today? <laughs> Fergo. Oh, you oh, betcha. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, so we're in the middle of our Coen Brothers series. Yeah. Uh, last week we talked about Inside Louis Davis. In the middle. It'll be in the middle. Oh, my gosh. You do this episode. all the time. <laughs> Every single time. I, today, I really like the sound of my voice. It's so deep and sultry. It's sultry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. And today, we're talking about uh, Tucker's pick for best <laughs> Coen Brothers movie, Fargo. 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 Uh, <laughs> That's a good choice, you know. Based on the town, the real town of Fargo, <laughs> North Dakota. Based on based the on script that. that they wrote <laughs> about this movie. Uh, they screenplay. made a script, they wrote a script and a screenplay, <laughs> and they based the movie on it. Yeah. They've shot a film huh? based on the film that they wrote. It's right. cool going back because yeah. Inside Lewin Davis is, two th- what, like 2013, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah, what it was. And I then so. so this one is 96. So yeah. it's kind of cool that we're like going, we're skipping a lot in the middle. Yeah, we skipped um, like an entire decade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and going back to Fargo. And Fargo, Fargo. Er, Fargo, everybody knows, is like considered like one of their best movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think anytime you look at like a list of like 100 best movies or 50 <laughs> best movies or like 50 I, best movies of the last did this like, get added to the, 20 years or something. Did this get added to that top 100 films of all time? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know, but it, I feel like it's I will look it's this in, information up. No, as we speak. Lists. It's in the uh, pre- it's in the National Film Registry. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, and it is in the AFI. The AFI. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but it was subsequently delisted in 2007. <gasps> what a <gasps> bunch of dicks! <laughs> Especially because some of the movies that are in oh, the yeah. AFI 100, well, you'd think awful. they would delist some of those boring ones from like Guys. the 30s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you see that the Egyptians showing Gone with the Wind for Mother's Day? Oh, oh boy! Boy! Yo, boy! <laughs> We should have waited so we could have gone to the theater. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Maybe we God. should. <laughs> Let's record a podcast oh, while we're watching while it. While Let's we're go there. there just <laughs> like, like on the sly of the three of us. This fucking sucks, right? <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Turn around. <laughs> um, 
That's interesting, uh, though. Oh, it's interesting that it was delisted in 2007, the year that No, no Country, country. Oh, no. Yeah. was released in theaters. <laughs> Conspiracy? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, also nominated for the... Uh, the 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 palmy d the or palm, oh my god i the hate palmy you Dior. the palmy Dior. The <laughs> there's, there's some really festival. good films that get on that list <laughs> sometimes um uh, well fast nine's not on it so. i heard that gremlins 2 mm. is on it <laughs> gremlins 2 on the palm door palm door palmy dior palmy dior um mm-hmm. so yeah that's kind of cool well, fargo yeah. fargo's like a, a thing fargo's yeah, a thing it definitely Stick out, stuck out, sticks out in my head. Just thinking when we were reflecting that it's one of the, their best films, mm-hmm. right? And you know what? <laughs> I think there's something about with Fargo. <laughs> this microphone, I feel go. like it's too much. I feel like I'm, I'm interjecting too much. Like mm-hmm. I interject the same amount, but I feel like it's overpowering more than the other microphones. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. You're just finally aware of it. <laughs> oh, well, the, the, all, the, all of that's fine. Uh, but that's all I'm saying is I'm, I've finally made it uh, 290 episodes me, in. I'm aware now. Let me clarify my choice here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to specify my this. My options were Big Lebowski, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, and Fargo because right. of the mm-hmm. dice roll. The dice roll. And I came to this dice? because of the Andrew Dice Clay roll. Okay. And <laughs> oh, oh. the Andrew Dice Clay rule. <laughs> dice rules. The dice yeah, rules. Dice yes. rules. Yeah. Um, I have a shirt that says that. <laughs> I play by Andrew and he's Dice smoking Clay. Smoking a cigarette rules. over his head like that on the on the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a tattoo of, of a hand with a cigarette on my face. It's under my beard, so you can't see it, but it's so I, there. So you always have a beard. It's oh. sweet. <laughs> um. Anyway, oh, so all three of those movies yeah. have uh, have have put their tendrils out in pop culture mm-hmm. <laughs> more than any of their other movies, mm-hmm. I think. Mm. And I felt that uh, this one was probably my favorite with all those considerations taken in into yeah. account. Yeah. yeah, because I find the Big Lebowski cult a little annoying. Mm-hmm. Although I love Big Lebowski, and I'm, you know. But the I cult, find, eh, I don't think that's an accurate description. Fans. Well, what do you think? Fan base. Um, well, I, mean, it's I, not, I feel it's kind of a thing. I feel like when, when, it come, when it comes that. to when it comes to like annoying fan bases, they're pretty much the least offensive. Yeah, but they're still one of those. Yeah, but because sure. you're, but you're also taking into account like some of the worst. There's still bases. one that's of those what I mean. yeah, okay. fan bases that's gonna dress up and sure. quote shit at you. <laughs> <laughs> Do what at you? Quote shit oh, at you. Quote shit and at then, you. Yeah, but yeah. they're not gonna like get. They're, s- all... they're not gonna like harass somebody off of social media. Yeah. No. No. Because yeah, <laughs> I mean, because no. that that would not. I'm just be... annoyed by people liking. Yeah. Things. You know me. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Um, oh yeah. And then uh, well, and the dude is ultimately positive. <laughs> of course you're not gonna. Right. I mean, but make, I do hate make... the fucking eagles, so I relate to him. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> and then uh, oh brother has the you know. Its soundtrack exploded so big that like everybody, even if they didn't watch the movie, <laughs> loved that soundtrack. Sure. And then it, it felt like more and more like the old people I knew in my life oh, started like being sure. like, "Have yeah. you seen this old brother?" Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, one hundred percent. But now I'm like, that's it's a it's a connection in my brain. Yeah, yeah. No, it was an old people movie. Fargo's got the TV series, um, yes. which I find. I find really odd, <laughs> but also that not the exists? TV series. Oh. I mean, I, the that what I've watched of it is really entertaining yeah. and stuff. I found it odd that it existed. Yeah, that that was like, oh, they made a TV so series I. based I, on. And then this when it movie, ended up being weird. good, it's I was like, more mm-hmm. than good. It's That's fucking great. Yeah, yeah for so sure. Good. I love it. But I felt like also I don't hear about that, so it was it was a 
it's the most low key of the yeah of the things for me and so i was like and i love i love all three of them that's mm-hmm. why it's so hard sure. so but i that's why i went with and this. it is just traditionally that's what i was trying to get at is it's as far as i'm aware it's traditionally just kind of the default if anybody just passively mm. thinks about the coens that's their their go-to if you had to pick a best yeah it was the first one that like everybody mm-hmm. saw and loved i think i think you're right yeah mm-hmm. which the, uh for me kind of puts um like a damper on it a little mm-hmm. bit um, i understand no, that like, as well because yeah. it, it made yeah. it accessible to other people or like it opened other no, people up to it. No, I just mean that, like, because usually, like, the obvious pick is not the one that I'm oh. going to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's kind of just, like, established that everybody loves it. So, like, I would never say that, like, Fargo is my favorite Coen Brothers movie. Because oh, it's kind of just assumed that everybody right. likes it, so it's almost not even worth mentioning. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that's kind of what I'm getting at, too. It almost feels like it's, it's the obvious. on its face less interesting. Yeah. Because if everybody can like it, then... yeah. Mm-hmm. It can't have that much going on. Oh my god, that's how it feels. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't necessarily mean that. I, I, I do. I, I just mean generally that's true, right? But well, I, I, don't I don't know. I mean, Back to the Future is a fucking great movie. Yeah, it's great. Everybody loves it. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, it happens every movie. now and then. I, I just mean Steven Spielberg movies. <laughs> yeah, to me, it happens with Steven Spielberg. It's yeah. like saying like the Beatles are your favorite band. Yeah, it's gotcha. like okay, well, yeah, everybody likes the Beatles. Yeah. So, so like yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, <laughs> that's. You don't even need to say that you like the Beatles because yeah. everybody just kind of likes, likes them. When, you know what and I mean? when people don't like the Beatles, I'm just like, <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, sure you don't. Yeah, you're just being an asshole. Yeah. I know. I mean, that's kind of how I feel too. But I just keep it quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got into an argument with my mom one time over that because I was like, everybody likes the Beatles, and she was like, you think everybody likes the Beatles? And I was like, yeah, and she was like, what? Well, I'm sure there's people that don't like the Beatles, and I was like, they're lying. they're liars they are liars who are lying (laughs) they're just all bitter about everybody liking the Beatles right they're not not listening to the Beatles and 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 they're also mistaking not loving for not liking right right. you don't have to love the Beatles but to say you don't like them is Come on. Yeah. You yeah, just, you're going to throw a fit when, like, Come Together comes on. Right. <laughs> Ew. Oh, fuck. Slap in your ears. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Not come together. <laughs> Not all you need is love. Uh, it doesn't happen. Uh, so that's, Same with Fargo. It's mm-hmm. kind of how I feel about Fargo, although, like, there is no denying that it is... <laughs> A, a fantastic movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I it's was, just that yeah. I would probably gravitate more towards like, um, like some of the, like, I mean, like I said, Inside Lewin Davis to me is one of my favorites. And it, I feel like yeah. a lot of that comes from just the fact that I feel like it's underrated. <laughs> yeah. I got you. Yeah. And when you feel, I feel like when you can champion something, yeah. then you get a little bit more personally well, yeah, attached to and it. And you get to introduce it to people and they're yeah, like genuinely yeah. like, oh, wow. I, I you're never smart. heard of this movie. You're, you're smart. smart. And the, uh, <laughs> the one that I consider my Tell favorite me. is the one that one of the two that Brett hadn't even seen yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And how would I feel about it had it been like universally loved? Right. Oh, you would hate by it. everyone. No, you yeah. would, there's you would never even watch it. Um, no, well, you would Fargo. watch it. You would I, watch I mean, it. I love. Uh, You'd watch it. That's the thing about the Coen Brothers, like Fargo, is it slipped through. It somehow made it into like uh, everybody's mainstream consciousness, uh, well, even it's though just it's timing. still it's a just fucking Coen Brothers movie. I think it's well, just it timing a, stuff. But it was their like, first. Yeah. It's zeitgeisty stuff because it it's like Gen X, first 1996. To, like yeah. it was their first one to get that notoriety too, right? I mean, yeah. it was up for Oscars, and I mean, they won. Did they win the Palm d'Or for uh, Barton Fink? 
Um, or was up for it at least. But that's a good question. I know it got I, I nominated it, for a bunch of stuff. Fargo is the first one that got nominated. It did win uh, for Academy Awards, I think. But um, yeah. Well, so as far as like American mainstream yeah. acceptance, that was probably the, the and it made a best shit ton of money. Done. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and Frances McDormand won with that movie, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't yeah. she win for her. Per, for and her you're talking two years after Pulp Fiction, like the American indie boom is happening. Yeah, this people, is a, yeah. an indie movie that you know the Cohen. It's the time is ripe. Yeah, for the Coens to be big. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just zeitgeisty <laughs> stuff. Like, yeah, the nihilism of the nine of like Gen X yeah. is like <laughs> right, right there with like the Coen Brothers' entire filmography. This is before. This is before Lebowski, right? This was yes. yeah, okay. the year before. Okay, so this it goes Fargo then Lebowski. Okay. Which is interesting, too, because then Lebowski is, like, almost is kind of about the same kind of stuff. Uh, but kind of making fun of it, too. But kind of mm-hmm. making fun of it, and yeah. nobody really liked it when it came out. Like, it kind of yeah. bombed. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> um, that was so weird. Yeah, it was very strange. I couldn't fathom it. Because <laughs> I really, I was there on opening night, and people were walking out, and I was laughing so hard. And I was like, I don't know what's wrong with anybody. And yeah. then. And then when it just like tanked and everybody like got bad reviews and shit, yeah. and I was like, "What's going on? Yeah. Like, <laughs> how, how do you not love this? Um, <laughs> it's amazing." <laughs> I think with Fargo, because I didn't see it in 1996 because I was like eight years old. Yeah. Um. So it wasn't really like, dude. If I'd known you, I'd have taken. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I don't remember. I don't think I saw it in the you theater. You could do this podcast with me from prison. I don't think I really taking out my eight-year-old friends to movies. Already <laughs> <laughs> movies. I don't think I would have appreciated the movie if I would have seen it and when eight I was years old. Yeah, when I was before I saw it because I saw it when I was like twenty something. Yeah, okay. Like yeah. in my early twenties is when I first saw it because it was like one of those movies where everybody was like, "Oh, you have to see Fargo," oh, and then I sure, watched yeah. it and was like, "Okay, yeah, Fargo's awesome." Oh, fuck, I had to see it. <laughs> um, I was that was the year I graduated from high school. Okay. But that's so that's that's how important. That. I was it old enough. To it was go. an important year. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for you, I suppose. Um, rather than like go through the plot of the movie, <laughs> I kind of wanted to like the Coen Brothers movies are always like so much about so much more than just like what is happening mm-hmm. in the movie. Uh, so I kind of wanted <laughs> and to yet talk. They're not. And so I kind of <laughs> wanted to talk more about like what the movie is like. About, about. Oh. What is it about, guys? Are you talking about what it's about? Yeah. Mm. Well, it's about. Like, uh, Brad, oh, that's Canadian. What do you think this movie's about? Uh, I think it's. I think it's about <laughs> uh, people just overreaching. Yeah. Right. It's about mm-hmm. desperation, desolation. Yeah. And it's so bleak. It is it's very so bleak. Bleak. Just the opening and the closing shot. Right. Is just white out yeah. with like an image coming clear and the like epic sweeping score and then it's just like so a little car, car, <laughs> car <laughs> carrying another towing car. another car <laughs> don't, don't a cutlass sierra right? it's yeah. so funny oh um, my God. But the other thing and though, this movie takes place in the 80s right 87 87 yeah. 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 Yeah, but that's right the other thing that i don't know if i ever really appreciated as much as i did watching it this time was i always think i saw william h macy's character uh as a little more sympathetic 
Oh. Because yeah. he, he he comes across as like he's down on his luck uh, and just mm-hmm. trying to like, he's like desperate for money and. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's trying some, to get he's out He's done from under something. The... He's done something. It's more than, I. he's clearly, he's he's got money problems. Right. Yeah. Right? So, but they never, you're never clear what it is that he has done right. to be in the hole. Yeah. I don't so think desperate. it's important. I think what's important, important is it's like, we know why he's done it because he's trying to get out from under the some his massive father-in-law's fucking but he's also control like, over his life. Sure, he's trying to show himself as an independent man. Or yeah, just get and out. So of he it, has yeah. the stupidest plan. Yeah. in the history of well, mankind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think wa- bad, watching <laughs> watching it this time made me. I I think it clicked a little bit more than I had previously. Just how like. Uh, Sad and pathetic he is. Not even sad, more evil, like uh, malicious, malicious mm. and depraved. Like uh, I think it became clear to me that his he was always even before he hired uh, the hitmen, the mm-hmm. kidnappers. He was planning on getting out. Like he uh, borrowed that money from the bank to try and knowing that he wasn't going to be able to verify it. And right. any person working in car sales would know that in order to finance cars. He would have to be able to like verify what they are. I think he was actually planning on like running before well, he even did. Like he was trying to get out of there. Separate. I think that's separate. I think the verification of the the cars is because he's taken one off the lot to give to the kidnappers. I think he owes money separate from that. For so sure, his he move does. is to do that with the car, which but, just puts him even further behind the eight ball. But I think he want he's getting he wants that money so he can get out of there. Like I don't think he's planning on like paying off the debt. Oh well, I, and same yeah. with like with Gene because what he's gonna like his wife's gonna get kidnapped. He's gonna get a million bucks uh, minus like forty grand, and then yeah. his their life is just gonna go back to normal. I, I don't <laughs> think I don't I, think I, so. I think he's planning on getting, getting out of out there. Yeah, that very well right, maybe. Yeah. Although hey, he's fleeing, I get the the sense that he's just becoming more and more desperate through the film. Mm-hmm. But this is why this movie is so good well, because everything starts they don't going give you right any right. any real context mm-hmm. other than what's happening. And like we were saying with the last one, the movie the that world is so full. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. it just feels like a real world. Like I have no doubt that all those people are still walking around doing stuff in Fargo. Where where oh, ultimately she, they're she's in Brainerd. Brainerd. That's right. Yeah. Brainerd. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's only like one or two scenes in Fargo, I think. The first scene's in Fargo. Yeah. At the... That's it. And then she goes, well, then back, she goes to back to interview to those. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, well, I, no, because the girls are in Brainerd too, right? The the two girls that they hook up with. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. in Brainerd? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then she goes and meets uh, her old high school. No, but that's in Minneapolis. That's in Minneapolis? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's when so she goes to the all big this city. in Fargo? I think everything except for the opening part is in Minneapolis yeah. or whatever, not in Fargo. Right. Okay. Right. Which um, is... Yeah, I, <laughs> Do you recall the all the stuff about this based on a true story business at the time? Yes, yeah, hundred percent. Because I remember it, and I remember it there being a whisper that that was just made up, and I yeah. just I, I found that so brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Because they were like re- kind of upfront about it when asked about it. Yeah. it was like, oh no, we just made that up. Yeah, but <laughs> but it feels were like, so oh, believable. It feels, like it true feels true. so believable, yeah. right? And certainly someone has done this, maybe not with these yeah. exact details, but certainly someone has tried to have their own family member kidnapped to get the money out of certainly. some other family member. Yeah, there's all sorts of like, I mean, with all like the docu-series and docu- documentaries yeah. on like streaming services and stuff, like there's so many stories yeah. that are kind of like, not maybe this specifically, but 
very close yeah uh, well and in the 90s in intention and before, stuff like that as the internet is just barely really clunky and ba- available you do just have this idea that you've read something somewhere about this mm-hmm. yeah. i remember having that sense of like yeah i, I can yeah. kind of remember hearing a story like this and right. they made up a story that sounds like it, it you know it's as much based on true stories as any of those movies based on real events probably yeah, are yeah, right. like yeah when you get right down to it it's like oh yeah it's just as reality based as that yeah yeah it just doesn't have specific names of real people in it that's all right <laughs> <laughs> well the, it's funny though because they kind of take it a step further with that opening text because yeah. like uh-huh. based on true events like that but they get more specific yeah. where they're like which makes you feel like it's in yeah. uh, <laughs> uh the it's the happened, reporters ha- were like we can't find any yeah. and it's like and then <laughs> investigative <laughs> journals i have cracked the code this yeah. is not based on a real f- yeah uh, you're right the, yeah. <laughs> and i think the funny thing too is that like they even say that the Events occurred exactly how they yeah yeah are depicted yeah right? exactly <laughs> <laughs> or something something to that effect right yeah. Yeah. and just the names have been changed yeah <laughs> right uh, which I also love that the TV series then holds on to that holds on to yeah. that and that's like the opening of every episode yeah, of, right. the, of it's the show perfect yeah it um, really is perfect this this movie is I I was I I, I don't remember the last time I watched it. I've certainly seen it a handful of times. Um, I was surprised at how fast it goes. Like yeah. It, yeah. within ten minutes, they're kidnapping her. Like yeah. I, in my head, I would have assumed that was like you know, act two earliest. Right. But like it's it just going, right and going, going. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's only an hour and thirty eight minutes yeah. or something like that, yeah. which rocks. <laughs> yeah. It does rock well, and and I think part of it is because it does feel so complete. I'm like, oh, we only are introduced to the family like in one scene, but you still understand everything about that family dynamic entirely. Right. So my memory of it is like, oh, there must have been a bunch of shit proceeding, so you mm-hmm. get a real feel. Yeah. They're just jumping right in. I also forgot how much time we spend with just Steve Buscemi and uh, what oh. the fuck is that guy's name? Peter Stor- Peter Stormare. Yeah, Stormare. Peter Stormare. I always want to call him Peter Stromer. Yeah. <laughs> Just just to, just to throw back to our last unit, this movie lost Best Picture to The English Patient. Oh, boy. That's right. I remember. Yeah, this was like. <laughs> I think I'm glad none of you, neither of you guys picked that movie. I think you. I think you it was up had brought list. it up on your. Was it on your list of I, it was potential? On my list sure. of eighteen potentials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but thank God we didn't have to watch the fucking. Yeah, English I, I, exactly. Oh, no. I did not want to watch that. I, actually, I think that's what it oh. came down. For too with yours was that yeah. you were like I just don't want to have to watch, I don't want to watch I mean I also oh the second that we came up with the categories I was picking Driving Miss Daisy mm. there was never a, a doubt in my mind and you picked right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah I think the like the core of the movie is that when you overreach and ask for more then it's going to come back and bite you mm. right because yeah, I mean, being trying to do more than you can, I guess, like yeah. trying to extend beyond your own abilities. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I mean, it's hard to for me to articulate greed. Yeah, it I comes mean, is there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. then you have the contrast. Emptiness with is with Frances McDormand and her husband's like yeah, simple life, simple and seemingly like uh, 
untroubled lives. Yeah. Like they're, they seem very uh, content together yeah. and happy. But that's also interesting because part of me feels like it's almost like David Lynchian in the way that they are portraying like the perfect, kind of like the mm-hmm. perfect suburban household. But it's not perfect. Uh, she has an opportunity to meet a does. man and she gets all dolled up to, to. No, I know. And that's, well, that's also like kind of the crux of the movie too yeah. is when she, is that that's kind of like the turning point for Marge Gunderson is when she after she goes and meets him, <laughs> then she gets the call, uh, realizing that everything he said was bullshit. That's mm-hmm. when it kind of clicks for her yeah. that Jerry was lying to her, and she that's when she goes back to confront Jerry. Yeah, uh, I think that that scene seems weird. Which like, one? The scene with the I can't remember his name. The guy she goes to meet, uh, Mike. Mike Yamaguchi. Mike. Yeah. You're such a it super lady. Like, <laughs> it almost seems like, you know, if that scene not, has no purpose. That does it not does need have to be a purpose. It doesn't. But it, it does. does not. But in terms of like, if you're making a movie, you can cut it that out. It seems that way. 100%. That's what I'm saying. But to me, this is the mo- this is the scene that ties the room together. That's what uh, I was. That's ooh. what I was getting at. Nice. Yeah. It's like the crux of the film. Yeah. Explain yourselves. Well, he just kind of explained it. Like she gets that from her, but it also it cements her in her life. She's got this curiosity for a sure. second. She kind of starts to reach her arm out like everyone else is overreaching. She mm-hmm. starts to go there and 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 doesn't do it. I think like everything that happens there is really integral to I how feel we like feel you guys about are the characters. Very, I, I feel like it's very informative to her as a character, mm-hmm. but I think you guys are overthinking the the context of that that is simply her just seeing what's going on with this guy who they had they were friendly in high school mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she probably always had a little thing for him she he always had a little thing for her mm-hmm. she's seven months pregnant there's nothing is going to happen she just wants to see a guy and get a little feeling of mm-hmm. being adored and being and getting some attention and then it becomes clear that there's something wrong with the guy sure but I don't think there's yeah, any but, deeper thing than that. It's not a turning point. You can pull it out, and the same turn happens without any modification to the to the story or even the vibe of the movie. I mean, you could. Yeah, I I, I love that they leave it in. That's I think part that of my it, point. I is think that, that they, it adds to the it adds the to tapestry her. of well, the character. But what character? Yes. But I don't I don't I don't and I don't infer any connection between her interaction with Mike Yamaguchi and the case. She's just, but it does though because. She, as, but I don't see it that but way. But it's not explicitly said. But as as soon as she finds out that Mike was lying to her, the whole thing. A, a lot of the movie too is about. Yeah, but the, she has the, intuitions the, anyway. Sure, she's, but the but that's what makes it click for her because she had already spoken to Jerry. I guess before. I, mm-hmm. I feel like she that's just overthinking it because she's driving. Well, but, the, but the whole thing of the movie is that the facade of like the Midwestern like politeness yeah. and niceness yeah. is mm-hmm. all a sham. Right, like, oh, but she knows that she's she's partaking even in the first interview with him. She, he is clearly lying to her even from the beginning. Like, she is not incapable mm-hmm. of seeing the weird anguish on his face as she's asking those very simple questions. But she's also just engaging in the politeness. Mm-hmm. It's something on that billboard when she's driving out of town that gives her a turnaround. I don't remember what the billboard mm. says, but they they show her looking at the billboard, and she. Mm, and she heads back. I, I, I genuinely think you're overthinking the interaction with Mike Yamaguchi. I think that is a, a, a one of those just well, but, extra things that they just pepper into a movie to make it fun. No, because I mean maybe, but at the same time, the Coens aren't really uh, famous for uh, having like 
uh, superfluous stuff in their movies. I don't know about that. I mean, some of the nihilism guys in Big Lebowski, like there's interactions in there. We don't need to see much, most of that stuff. It's just fun and it fills the world. Same with this. Like Margie, she's a human in the world. And mm-hmm. being yeah. adored and being like having a little bit of like finding out what's going on out there, that's part of life. Mm-hmm. And she's just living life. Well, so she of, has a little a little sojourn in her work trip and then returns to work and is like, oh, shit. It, it, that's what I mean. It's like it can be pulled out and it won't – you would never even have any negative impact to the, the storyline. Sure. It just – I think that was a big, a big step for her. I don't think that's something she would have normally done. I, that's what and I'm I saying. That's, it's that's entirely for infusing the character. The mm-hmm. story itself doesn't need it. Yeah, I know. But like especially with movies like this, it's all character. Like, yeah, right? it's terrific. I mean, I, I'm, I'm that's, just. That's true too. I love really... that it's there. I love that Mike yeah. Yamaguchi exists. I love. His I name is not well, Yamaguchi. It's is it? Yana Yanagita. Yanagita. Oh, yeah. I thought it was Yamaguchi. Okay, well, whatever. That's Christine. That's because it's because you're racist. <laughs> no, I just watched this like two nights ago. I just, I just I thought that was what they said. Um, yeah. I just love that. He's just, you're such a super lady. <laughs> I love that <laughs> so much. Yeah. You're just you're just <laughs> such a super lady, and uh, especially her performance in that is to me like makes it so worth keeping because mm-hmm. there that interaction in that scene is so layered and perfect like she yeah. tells so much mm-hmm. she says so much with just the way she like hunches her shoulders and sips the the straw it's and like when he comes to sit by her yes, she's, and she's like, just like mm, yeah it's so oh my gosh there oh she's amazing the other she thing though really that amazing. I wanted to say about uh Jerry Lundergaard <laughs> is uh, kind of what I was getting at before when I was saying that I think he was intending to like cut and run even before the kidnapping mm-hmm. uh, is that or like at, like if the kidnapping is su- successful he's planning on getting out of there right uh, the other thing I think that illustrates that is the fact that he we already know that he's a liar mm-hmm. because of the whole interaction at the at when he's selling the car to that guy oh yeah yeah, he's a car salesman. Yeah, he's a car that. salesman. Yeah. But I you think the reason I think coat. it's speci- I think his character is written as a car salesman for, because of that. Yeah. Because of that. Well, mm-hmm. and also that also embodies the whole thing. Like he has no control over what he's trying to lie about. Like he has no choice. The the cars come with the true coat, and that's supposed to be something you upsell as like it's an upsell air quotes, but it, it's boiled into the price of the car already. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. And he's like stuck. There's nothing he can do about his situation. He can only try and huckster his way out. And he's not a good enough huckster to get himself out of anything. Even yeah. $500 with this fucking that random dude. That is kind of indicative of how all of it's All of his go. life. Yeah, yeah. His entire <laughs> life. Yeah. This is as good as he's at. You know, he's so good at it that he gets the guy he's trying to sell it to to be like, fuck you! Yeah. This yeah. polite fucking yeah. guy. <laughs> You're a fucking You're liar. A f- fucking liar! Yeah. <laughs> Guy just um, chokes that word out. It's like he's never said it before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so mad. Um, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> there. I mean, just in regards to like the that scene though with Mike. There's there's plenty of stuff that like doesn't necessarily need to be in the movie because it mm-hmm. affects the plot. Like the interaction between like the mom and the son and his grades. That doesn't like 
push the plot forward. Yeah, but but it does add some flavor. The difference is, mm-hmm. is that whole sequence is like eight minutes. Sure, like it's, but it's but, a, right. My point is no. just that there's there's yeah. plenty of that throughout sure. the movie that's just in there to kind of like make it sure to make it more lived in, flesh yeah. it out a little bit more, and yeah. just have more fun with the characters <laughs> because plus it gives her a more more of a it gives her a past and it gives her a sensitivity a sense of uh, a bigger life than what we're seeing because oh. we're seeing her working and then we see her you know in these little moments with her, <laughs> her husband, husband yeah just doing whatever yeah. they're doing i do lo- <laughs> so this gives her a little more like oh she came from somewhere she has you know, which is funny too because <laughs> she's so she's not really in the movie for most of it yeah, she doesn't uh, pop up to like 40 minutes in or something, isn't it? Yeah. So like 30 minutes or something. It's a long time before we even see her. Jean? No. No. Oh, I was talking about Francis. Oh, no. I was talking I was Whatever. talking about the, the wife. Marge. The wife. Yeah, Marge. Marge Marge comes in at like 20 at like 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Uh like act 2, at the beginning of act 2 mm. basically. <laughs> um but the thing with Jean that I thought was funny it, one of my favorite parts in the whole movie is when <laughs> the, when Jerry's on the phone with Carl, Steve Buscemi's character, uh, and he's like, is everything all right with Gene? And he's like, who? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but the, uh, the cool thing that in the movie in regards to that is like, Gene, the wife, wouldn't really be a character, doesn't really need to be a character for the sake of the plot. But the fact that they do have those interactions between like her and her dad and like yeah. her cooking mm-hmm. dinner and like her having the interaction with the son, like it makes her feel like a little bit more of a real person yeah. so that when she is kidnapped and when she does die, yeah. you feel <laughs> it a little bit more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Especially that kidnapping scene is played for, I mean, it's, it's played, it's as like really terrifying laughs sometimes like it's got a comical tone but it's fucking scary when she falls down the stairs it's like a brutal fall oh yeah yeah and especially having seen it before knowing how like brutal um what's what peter what's his character's name pancake sauce um yeah, what is, what is his, his name? name? Cuz it, it uh, is he the one is he the contact for Yes. Grimsrund. But yes. What, what is the name of the 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 mechanic who puts Proudfoot? Proudfoot. Shep, mm. Shep Proudfoot, Shep Proudfoot Shep. is yeah. friends with Peter Stormare. Peter Stormare. 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 Yes. Stormare. And Steve Buscemi is like an interloper. Yeah, and he's like, well, he's he's his partner. He's like, I don't vouch for him. I, I love that guy. It's <laughs> just. <laughs> How awesome is Steve Buscemi in this? Oh, <laughs> he's so wild. Yeah, amazing. he's awesome. <laughs> so good. He's, he's like so funny. Yeah, and just Such oh man, asshole. I would not want to be around that guy <laughs> oh, God, even for no. a minute. He's so un. Yeah. Well, he's a good example. He kind of <laughs> illustrates the whole like overreaching thing. Mm-hmm. Too. Oh, sure. Like, I was reading some kind of like analyses of Fargo. <laughs> I'm sure there's been uh, theses based sure, on this film. Tons, yeah. But sure. a, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that I was kind of reading was pointing out that in the interactions that Carl has with Grimsmond, uh, that like a lot of it is Steve Grimsmond, Peter Stormare. Oh, okay. Wait. Is that what that? Yeah, Grimsrund, Grims, Rudd, Grims, Gare. Gare is his first name. Oh my God, Gare Grimsrund. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, but Gare? Steve Buscemi's character is like always trying to be like a little more high class than he is. Yeah, like wanting to like 
with yeah. Peter Stormare wanting to get like pancakes and Steve Buscemi's like, no, I want to get steak. Like I steak. Get shot in a steak. Yeah. yeah. Like always trying to be, a, and he ultimately ends up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> in the fucking wood chipper. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so it's just like another example of like the more you overreach. And then obviously like trying to get more money out of Jerry and then like mm-hmm. hiding off the million dollars and trying <sighs> to keep the million bucks for himself rather than sharing it. But uh, that makes sense. I'm not sharing with that with that guy. No, at of that course point, not. Because that, guy, that guy's also the reason for all the trouble at that point. Right? Yeah. Like he, he's the one who fucking kills the the, uh, cop. the cop and then kills mm-hmm. the other two people. Yeah. I mean, basically, uh, Steve Buscemi is not, he's not a killer. He's just, oh, I guess he shoots the dad. He eventually, he and he, he eventually also kills shoots. the parking lot attendant. Yeah, that's right. Oh, God, I forget about that. Every time I forget about that. He, he's a killer. He's just not like a... Crazy psychopath, yeah, like Gare, Gare. yeah, <laughs> like Gare. old Gare, yeah. Reminds me of the Marble Man. Unsettling. He is unsettling. Yeah, yeah he is. <laughs> like really, really unsettling. All right, the way two he... can play at that game won't say a fucking word. <laughs> Just you watch. The way he looks Total in the mirror, silence. in the bathroom when he hears the water dripping, uh, is like. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Dark. does he? Hear, I never catch that he hears something. I just, I just take that as like finally, like the the vibe of the room is finally chilled for a second, and he stops and is like, "Wait, it's just right there." Like, is there oh, a noise? I, I just think there's he like just, water drips. Oh, I just thought he just and I think realized, it, I think the water drips call his attention to the shower. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever it is, like it just seems like because it's so chaotic, and then there's finally just a moment of peace, and then he's just like. She didn't jump out a second story window. She's right there. (laughs) Well, and then she just goes for it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah, that is a terrifying. When she's sitting there, when they're coming up to (laughs) the windows and their masks, and she's like crocheting or whatever. And she just like sees them. Awful, man. And she's just like, what's going on with this? Because that is kind of how you would. It's like like, my my nightmare. What is going on? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like the feeling of like. Uh, car accident happening. Oh, yeah. Like right. if you've ever been in a car accident, you kind of like see it happening, but you're just like, oh, it looks like I'm going to run into this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and then the way that window breaks, I, it looks so uncomfortable. Mm. I don't know why. Like I expect to shatter and it's like that huge pain. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, that's a silly detail that's always stuck out to me. I'm like, God, that looks so painful. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. The whole, that, the kidnapping scene is like funny. And well, yeah. <laughs> it's like simultaneously funny and unsettling and brutal at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of like what the Coens do. That is kind of the do Coens thing. So about, well yeah. the whole t- I mean, even just like the scene with the wood chipper, it's like mm-hmm. comical yeah. and unsettling and well, dark at the same time. Because he looks so goofy. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that hat on and he's just... He's just sitting around in his underwear for a few days yeah. and just, like, like, decides to murder him. And the fucking leg, and he's pushing yeah. him with the, with the stick. The wood. The, yeah, the, the, the wood. Yeah. yeah. And, like, the uh, way the so leg gross. looks in yeah. the chipper it's is, awesome. like, gross it's and awesome. funny. And <laughs> scary. Uh, what a way to dispense of the body, too. Like, what, yeah. what exactly, like... Well, supposedly that was part of the inspiration, like a true event happened where like a man put his wife through the wood chipper or something okay. like that. And that was like part of the inspiration for them. That's exactly how it happened. I stated. <laughs> well, and you're seeing like all the blood and chunks on the snow yeah. too oh is like, oh is funny and gross so and crazy. dark at the same time. That's a, uh, another thing that's very Cohen-y. When I think of Cohen's, I think of like... Uh, I always think they're like, oh, what do I expect from a Coen Brothers movie? 
Right. I expect it to probably be funny and it to be just fucking perfect pretty much. It's going to be punctuated with like like exploitation level gore at some point. <laughs> there's going to be something fucking gross that's yeah. going to happen. It's almost every movie. Lewin Davis didn't really have anything like that. No. Right? I don't think a serious man does. I'm trying to remember. No, probably not. But it seemed like Lebowski almost... doesn't other than the fucking toe. Right, <laughs> the toe. Yeah. Um, Hail Caesar, I don't think has anything too gory. That's true. I mean, their comedies generally uh, aren't like too violent. Actually, yeah. and I don't. It's th- kind of like I think you know how like when you watch a Cronenberg movie that's not one of his body horror movies. Yeah. And then someone suddenly someone like fucking head explodes or something. Suddenly like Viggo Mortensen is shot and it's just brains. fighting a bunch of guys in the nude. <laughs> That's a great scene. Yeah, it's the best. So great. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I, I don't know. It was something that my brain always associated with the Coen brothers is that there's these like moments of kind of violence, graphic, intense violence. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But like it, even like True Grit where you'd expect there to be intense violence. There's not a lot, mm-hmm. but there's that one scene in the cabin where people get shot and I don't even know where, but it's pretty intense for a right. second. Like the violence is turned up. Yeah, the yeah they do violence in such like a good way because it's not um, it's not like gratuitous, but it's like poignant mm-hmm. and realistic. Yeah, and uh, and it's shocking and and gross. Yeah, like, a it, lot of the time it's like oh fuck, <laughs> you know, it hits yeah. you in the gut. Especially like should. when the state trooper gets like shot in the head, mm-hmm. like that's oh, yeah. incredibly like brutal and <laughs> it's so strange because like that the the two passerbys that get killed as they're you know driving by, they, like <laughs> he looks so funny as he's yeah. driving. <laughs> <laughs> just that kind of like goofy face with like his goofy snow clo- like jacket and snow yeah. hat on and uh just looks so innocent and then the way he's just like shot in the back as he's running away right. is so brutal and then you don't see him kill the other person but Marge mentions that like the she like got, had a bullet wound through her hand and her head because she would like put her hand up to block right and so it went through her hand into her head like the the image of that even without seeing it is mm-hmm. like so like, ugh, yeah. you know, uh, and yeah, they're not content to just be like, and then he gets shot. Right. It's like, how could this happen? Like, right. Would be a real, a real touch to it. Right. To bring it to life. Yeah, exactly. And it may, it really, it really, it's really effective. Right. Yeah. And, and the shootout between Buscemi and Wade it, or the, the dad is yeah, pretty brutal. <sighs> Uh, the way he gets like shot Shut through the, the face, yeah, and then it's just like bleeding oh out the rest of the movie, <laughs> and he's just got like paper <laughs> towel on it. <laughs> oh, he's peeling it, it's, it's sticking to it, yeah, he's peeling it off it's... to change the paper, change the toilet paper on his face, <laughs> yeah, like he just cut himself shaving, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so fucked up, but, yeah. yeah, it's uh, the the violence in the movie is like. It's sparse, but it, when it happens, it's like brutal. Yeah. And, uh, depraved. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if a movie like that gets that kind of mainstream attention pre Pulp Fiction. You know what I mean? Like that kind of violence in that kind of movie because no one talked about it. Really, I'm the whole conversation about that movie that I remember was about the true story thing and about 
the Minnesota nice uh, attitude and the voice, the accent. Yeah. Like that's what everybody latched onto. I feel like two years prior, they would have talked about that violence because it's pretty crazy. About the violence? Yeah, we were talking about the... We were talking about how they do violence and how it's very like they they find ways to, you know, give it detail so it's it brings it makes it more real and visceral, and how like Buscemi getting shot in the face, the wood chipper, yeah, um, the state trooper getting state shot in the head, yeah, like there's moments in this that are like yeah, the, shockingly the, violent, the spurt of blood coming out of the state trooper's yeah. head, yeah. and, and <coughs> Buscemi just, just being like. What the fuck? I'm not sure that this movie finds this kind of mainstream acceptance pre pulp fiction. Oh, I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Or even yeah, yeah. Even like yeah. that kind of release. Well, I don't know that because, yeah. like, Jaws, I mean, Jaws has, like, some pretty, like, graphically violent moments in it. And that movie came out in 1975, and that's, like, one of the biggest movies of all time. Yeah, but it's, this is more intimate. There's something more intimate yeah. about the violence in this, and that it's there's humans just, doing it to humans. It's yeah. not no, a, 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 like, a I, I get, the, I get why it's different, but I'm just saying. I think it's the not, tone of it is so different <clears throat> that we wouldn't see that. I well catch I, fire like that. Maybe, but it seems like a pretty natural progression. Yeah, yeah. is all is what I was getting yeah. at. Well, it's like a slasher movie. I'm has just a lot saying, of violence too. But yeah, it's not as popular. The violence in <clears throat> cinema debate ignited by Pulp Fiction really hit the gas. Ignited so, like, by that? Yeah, everybody <laughs> talked about it because of Pulp Fiction. Yeah, it just was brought so it back. To the, just brought it back. I mean, the same thing happened with Bonnie and Clyde. Just and Halloween. Well, sure, but if we haven't had the conversation in 25 years, yeah, then it's a, it's a thing that. Yeah. It right. happened in the conversation. So sure. suddenly it was like, well, this it, stuff's cool in the, the multiplex. The difference being, don't worry about it. You the, don't difference, have to. <laughs> the difference being with Pulp Fiction, I think, is the... Because when... Uh, presumably it's the, sh- the scene where John Travolta shoots the kid in the head. And, it, and the gimp scene was a big... Well, yeah, but that's not as violent. That's... It's weird. The whole, it's sexual, it's sexual violence. violence. I think but it's the, the tone of the violence. The tone, but it's exactly, was humorous, very disturbing. Humorous, because right. I mean, yeah. I saw Pulp Fiction in the theater with my grandma, and she laughed. She cackled when that kid got shot in the face. Yeah, <laughs> which was just surprising because that, that was just it. Like she, it was a shockingly it was a funny shocking, moment. Exactly, yeah. and that's yeah. that. I mean, even when that little spurt of blood comes out of the trooper's head, there's a part of you that's like, "What the fuck is that?" That's <laughs> oh, like, yeah, and for you sure. also got to remember that whole conversation because Tarantino is, you know, they went after that violence in the movie. Like that's what the press focused on. Oh, the press went after. Oh. Press went after. It made that the conversation, and then his screenplay gets uh, for Natural Born Killers. Yeah, gets taken and turned into yeah. Oliver Stone's thing, which yeah. is. All, all the same. That. It's all the same year, you know. So like, there was this big conversation about this kind of stuff in movies, yeah. and it was all happening in the mainstream suddenly. Whereas yeah. you could find that kind of yeah, it was in all over indie movies all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It didn't really happen with those kind. I mean, we were still in Forrest Gump land, <laughs> <laughs> as far as mainstream sure. movies go. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, would I, that it were so simple. The only thing that was like super violent that was so like the only way we could stomach it in a mainstream conversation was in Schindler's List up to that point. So I feel like, well, it's it's permitted here. It's permitted in this because it's oh in this gosh. historical context about this horrible thing that happened. Like that was the most like mainstream, violent, disturbing thing. You know, was that before this? It was. Yeah, it was three. It was ninety three. Was it okay? Yeah. I never remember. Well, I that was his that was his Jurassic Park Schindler's List year. <laughs> Came out the same year. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't realize that. He's wow. like, I do these two things. 
<laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I just, funny enough, the budget for just to make the one red jacket stand out was <laughs> the exact same no. budget as the entire Jurassic World. Well, Jurassic actually, Park. that's a common misconception. The actual budget was to make everything else black, black and, and white. white around oh, her. okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. That costs a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's all it's re- on, it, it was because it's shot on color film. <laughs> yeah, it's shot on color film, and that's what I was gonna say. And those are um, they're yeah. it's in in camera, like they're all dressed in grays. Yep, painted. Yeah, I, <laughs> like Bill and Ted's bogus journey. <laughs> yeah, I I he saw that. He was like, uh, I could finally do, I could finally do the movie I want to do. And they had the '86, the big foam outfits. <laughs> You just didn't the really. Nazis see, did not wear foam you, boots. You didn't really see like the violence of this in these kinds of movies, because like the yeah. violence was mostly relegated to like horror and exploitation yeah, yeah, yeah. movies. Yeah. That's and what every, I'm saying. Yeah. Like, this and made, every like, once in a while, every once in a while, one people. of those movies would kind of break through. Like yeah. your Halloweens and your like a couple of those slasher movies and yeah. stuff would kind of break through and find some mainstream success. You expected those to be violent, right? Like that was just accepted. But in a movie that's nominated for best picture, like a prestige, it was and it's like that. the casualness, unless it was in like and the, the kind of like glibness platoon. that the movie kind of yeah. presents the violence and the, yeah, yeah, the like well, the matter of factness, which is kind right. of the whole tenor, is just the world is bleak, and right. we're just yeah. one more vulnerable thing walking around in this. Cold, and it's like bleak world. And right. Their violence is the antithesis of Hollywood violence up to that point because what had gotten so popular in the 80s was shit like Rambo yeah, and like, Commando, where it was like, was and then cartoonish. five guys fall down. Like, there's no real actual uh, violence happening. Yeah. And your no, protagonist yeah. is in, invincible. Invincible. Yeah. yeah. Like and then, they're a human, but they're not a human. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're surviving things That's that what was so, like, no human could ever felt do. so revolutionary the first time, you know, as a kid seeing my friend brought over Reservoir Dogs because his youth pastor showed it to him. <laughs> go Weird. Get, go figure. And he's like, you got to see this movie. I'm like, okay. And he, and he put it in. And like, just like Tim Roth being shot in the backseat of that car at the beginning. Yeah. Like, just it was writhing like, in pain. Holy fuck. Yeah. yeah, you know, he'd never seen violence portrayed as hurting that much. Yeah, yeah, and it was like, oh my god, this actually like hurts when people get hurt. And yeah. I was like, yeah. it was a revelation, you know. Yeah, like and I the feel end like of they Thirteen Assassins. Yeah. <laughs> god damn it, <laughs> that movie rocks. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking, you're talking about the the uh, the, sh- the the samurai movie, right? But you're talking about the Takashi uh, Miike, Miike? <sighs> the most recent one. Yeah, yeah, that movie's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I thought. I, well, sometimes I there's another like assassins movie that's kind of. Anyways, yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> the one that's on Prime right now that uh, scrolled up, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll watch it." <laughs> I could I could nominate that movie for a cat potentially in the for a category in the future. Sure, if we did like best samurai movies, <laughs> samurai movies, yeah. yeah, which I could do. I'd yeah. be down to do that. Yeah. Oh, the, I, oh! I wasn't sure if you were talking about Forty Seven Ronin. That's no, oh, yeah. Like, is he yeah, making yeah, a yeah, joke yeah, about yeah. Forty Seven no, Ronin, no, 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 or no, no. is he talking assassins. about Thirteen when Assassins? You said Thirteen yeah. Assassins. I saw the cover art for Thirteen Assassins, but I was thinking Forty Seven Ronin. I was thinking well, because there's, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's a similarity in the the I, the storyline in those movies, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and and as when we reviewed Forty Seven Ronin, there are only thirteen of them, so. Right, ever huh. on screen at one time, even though they keep saying there's forty of them, forty-seven <laughs> of them. Right, and at the end of Thirteen Assassins, they don't all 
<laughs> Commit Harry Sep- Carey. Seppuku. Seppuku. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, is there a difference between I don't know Her- Harry Carey and I think Harry Carey was the announcer of the Cubs <laughs> games yeah, for yeah, decades. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> the moon was made of ropes, would you leave it? <laughs> uh, I sure would. Then I'd wash it down with a nice cool Budweiser. <laughs> That's how I prefer to remember Harry Carey. Me too. It's the As only Will way. Will Ferrell. Yeah, Ferrell. exactly. Same with George W. Bush. Yeah. <laughs> sure, Deidre. Oh, oh I try. I try uh-huh. to remember him that way. <laughs> it's for my own sanity. Uh, it is cool that this movie has like such a distinct, uh, like Midwestern quality to it. Mm-hmm. And like one of my good friends, one of our good friends, Dylan Kaz Gable, mm. like his family is oh, from uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, and it's funny because they don't have like a supremely thick Midwestern accent, but it does bleed through from oh, time yeah. to time. Mm, like yeah. the way they say Wisconsin, yeah, is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. uh, well, and and I've never experienced. It. I'm sure if you were to travel back that way with them. That it would just come out super thick yeah. when they're like around their extended family. It's a lot of with like subtle, like with the O's. Yeah. Like every once in a while, I'll ca- catch, uh, like not catch, but <laughs> yeah. I'm like, got you. <laughs> got you. I'm talking like a weirdo. Got you. Oh, got you, fucker. <laughs> um, I knew you were fucking weird. But I'll hear it sometimes. You're from hundreds of miles away. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Where uh, Shelly. We'll say like back home in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, back home in Wisconsin. Home. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, no, uh, no, you're very unfriendly. It's just you're so uh, polite about it. <laughs> yeah. It's just the way you're so polite. About Even it. the assholes are nice out here. But they actually are <laughs> quite nice. Yeah, they're, 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 sure, yeah, yeah, they're, they're great. They're the, like one of the nicest people I've ever met in my sure. life. They're very mm. like it's real salt of the earth. Yeah, real salt of the earth folk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, what is the interaction that the when the one police officer is going to have with that one witness guy? Who's like out there, like sweeping, sweeping his oh. drive, driveway? Oh, yeah. Is an, it's kind of like an, another one of those kind of like it doesn't really do much in the way of like story necessarily, but it is just like very fun and yeah. funny. Well, it connects the dots the between the funny looking guy. Sure, guy's funny looking. Yeah, but they've already kind of done yeah, some funny yeah. looking stuff. It's well, not but, super necessary, but, but it, it is because that's just this weird description that just mm-hmm. kind of keeps popping up, which. Tie, which is why Margie's like, I'm gonna go check out that. Yeah, whatever the lake. that was. Yeah, the lake. Yeah, sure. But but there's a million reasons. Like, yeah, you could have. Oh sure, I just that, like the, the the lake being brought up. Well, I like the, the funny the way looking. The Coens do it is that they have that peppered into like yeah. a fun interaction between uh, very superfluous like characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. superfluous yeah. characters that don't really need right. to be in the movie. No, and I I wonder because the funny looking thread had to be something they added in with the after they cast Steve Buscemi or were they always mm. picturing casting a funny looking guy and Steve Buscemi is just the right guy at the right time they probably wrote it for him that's very plausible right P- plausible yeah. I, I, my guess would be that they were probably looking for somebody funny looking because they yeah. wrote that line and thought it was funny yeah they've already and then they had were like, Buscemi in at least two movies at that point at that they? point they were, he was he's in a head sucker proxy for a scene and he's the bellboy in uh Barton Fink. That's uh, right. Okay, so they know him. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. part of their and, troop. And he's been a okay, yeah, idiot I can see because them. when I was watching this, I was like, it's weird that they never worked with Steve Buscemi again. And then and I was like- Big Lebowski. <laughs> Big Lebowski. The next year. But I was like, for some reason, in my mind, he he's not, Donnie is not 
Steve Buscemi. Yeah. <laughs> but then we were just like, thing. yeah, they they probably wrote it for him because he was in these other movies with him. I was like, oh yeah, I guess they worked <laughs> with him a bunch. <laughs> yeah. And then has has he been in anything since then? I don't know. I'm trying I'm, to. Think. Yeah, I can't. I, I, I it would be sur- not surprising he did, um, if he pops up in a couple of their. In 2007, there was a. Um, is it Paris? Je, uh, Je t'aime Paris. The, it was a oh, bunch of short films. It was a f- feature, but it was made up of a bunch of short films from filmmakers. And the Coen brothers did one. Oh, I with, didn't know this. And Steve Buscemi's hmm. the star of it. It's like a little five minute short. It's really, it's good. Yeah, I don't think he actually was. Of course. I wouldn't be surprised if he was in like it. Hail Caesar or something. Or like uh, Intolerable Curls. No, he was in Transformers The Last Night, though. Oh, that's that's why I know him. Okay, now I know where I know him from. That's right. That's right. He's the Transformers guy. Steve Buscemi, the Transformers guy. My wife and I do quote one of his Steve Buscemi's line from the movie Mr. Deeds all the time. When he's like in the Steve Buscemi movie, Mr. Deeds. No, the Steve Buscemi part. Steve Buscemi uh, okay. part in uh, Mr. Deeds uh, okay. when Adam Sandler is bringing um, Peter Gallagher like inter- like giving him a tour of the town or whatever <laughs> before he goes to New York <laughs> and he takes him to like Steve Buscemi who's in like jail and he's like hey why don't you eat crazy eyes these are these crazy. are my friends and he's like oh I don't like them <laughs> <laughs> so bef- I, Tucker has to leave here pretty soon oh what time uh, what's your heart out bro I was hoping to leave by eleven forty-five. Oh shit, that's really. But, I was thinking noon. Okay. So I just want to like. I can stretch it to noon. Wrap so. it up by talking about where Fargo <laughs> falls in the like <sighs> Cowan's pantheon because kind of mm. what I was talking about at the beginning of the move, uh, the beginning of the show about mm. it's kind of recognized to be like their best, if not like, I, one I of their best, if not one of their. I don't know their best definitively. It feels because it has so much. What is the reason? To me, it's because it's so simple and feels so layered, right? The story mm-hmm. is so simple. It's not, there's not a whole lot going on in this movie. It's just, you know, a little plan that goes sideways and then the dominoes fall and they don't even fall that far, right? There's just a few people die. I mean, it, and Margie and Gary, what's her husband's name? Glenn? Glenn? Norm? Norm, yeah. Norm, fuck. yeah. It just yeah. ends with them just kind of sitting together, you know, and he got his stamp and it's, it, that it, guy's great too, by the oh way. Yeah. I, John Carroll Lynch. Yeah, it, he's awesome. Yeah, and then like ten years later, he's playing like uh, Clint Eastwood's like buddy in in uh, Gran Torino, right? Like oh, yeah. fifteen years later, like and in Gran Torino, I thought he's like eighty something years old. <laughs> See the movie he he directed um, a movie with it was like I think it might have been Harry Dean Stanton's last movie. Was mm-hmm. it called Lucky? I don't know anything about that. David Lynch is in it too. Oh, uh, cool! It's really, it's really good. But in terms of, because I don't know what there's something about this movie that seems to define how you can't really put your finger on mm. a a Cohen style, but this feels like it 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 has does it. the best. But it, well, because <laughs> yeah. then it kind of comes back like Lewin Davis has that similar like vibe where it's just a small character-driven thing with nothing really happening, although this is much more plot-driven, I guess, well, I than think, any of those. I think the more yeah. Coen Brothers movies you watch, the more their style becomes apparent. I suppose that's true. Yeah, Because just on its surface, if you were just to watch Fargo outside of the context of their entire well, filmography... I'm, I'm saying mm-hmm. even leading up to it, right? You got 
Barton Fink, Blood Simple, Blood Simple. You've Miller's got Crossing, Miller, yeah. Those Raising are Arizona. very, Raising very Arizona. like rich tapestries. Like Barton Fink, especially, just feels like something else is happening. I, I can't I even figure out what it is. Movie. Yeah, this one, but that is a straight character. Piece. Yeah, like there's and no this, plot. This, <laughs> right. I suppose you're right. Yeah. And this one feels. I guess more grounded than all the rest of those. The rest yeah. of those mm-hmm. feel. I think this one above, like like otherworldly yeah. somehow. I think I agree with all that, and I think also this one probably gets called maybe the best or among the best or whatever because it 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 has that more mass appeal. Like it appeals to a wider okay. audience than a lot of their movies do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably like right in there where it's like, because we're talking about it, and you know we haven't even like described exactly what the plot is yeah. because it's not really that important, right? And yeah. we kind of understand that. But then you watch like the next year they go to Big Lebowski, and people probably turned up and went and saw that. Oh yeah, and really it amounts to nothing. Mm-hmm. And like they're like, well, the fucking plots, like, you know, it's like, you know, if you're keeping your eye on that, you're gonna be like, what the you're fuck totally is this? You're right. lost you know? in that. It's like they're not interested in that so much. Trying to get a rug? Well, the funny, the thing with the the difference with Lebowski in this though is that like Lebowski is a mystery, Mm -hmm. and then the mystery amounts to nothing. nothing. (laughs) Where this, you know what's going on, so there's not really a mystery to the viewer. So you're not trying yeah. to figure it out the whole time. You're right. just want you're just watching right. to it's see just, how they how Marge is going to figure it out or how they're going to get out of it. So it's really straightforward. Yeah, and it also resolves. Like, oh, that's a good point. It resolves. does resolve. Yeah, yeah it does resolve, <laughs> and it's not happy. Yeah, it's it's bleak, but it still feels wrapped up. Yeah. And somehow, despite being so cold and bleak. There's a coziness to it. Yeah, because you end up with fucking Marge. Sitting in the bed with with Norm. Yeah, but even that's a little bit bleak because you notice that Marge doesn't really discuss the details of her job with Norm. No, she can't. But it's interesting. Right, because it's interesting how she is able to, there's like a darkness to the cart. (laughs) <laughs> the cartmentalization compartmentalization <laughs> compartmentalization <laughs> sure of it. well and and if and i suppose part of it is is that's a a woman playing that role i mean mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. obviously it's traditionally the the reverse of that and the the strong yeah. stoic man i just don't think it's full straight ahead hopeful i no, think it's more no, i'm I, not saying hopeful i'm just saying cozy, cozy like sure sitting in that i just bed think, i think it's like, more of like a yeah. a graduate style a ending, little bit you know what but I, mean? I don't have it i have a sense that those two are solid like they love each other sure. and it's mm-hmm. a it's a comfort and it's it's a compromise to whatever extent but i i don't feel bad for either of them yeah right like they feel like sure kind of have this, comfortable in their little simple world the world is like everything's on the exterior everyone's really nice you know everyone's mm-hmm. polite yeah. and it's yeah. really it's just you know that it's that just kind so, of community but they're really then, unfriendly it's but just then they're so polite about it ugly shit happening everywhere yeah but if you reduce it down further, then you got, you know, they have their own little yeah. little thing and they get to kind of keep that illusion of everything yeah. because they've, well, they've created th- it they at home. they created a little bubble to, yeah. to make it okay in this just bleak yeah. existence. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And you're right. It does wrap itself up. And to that extent, it is kind of optimistic, right? mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is not, well, I guess Phrasing Arizona has a similar kind of, uh, button on it. That we'll get there. Yeah, their movies. Oh, don't... I forgot. We are doing that next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, their movies don't always end. They don't. With That's like, my point. With yeah. like the openness that 
Yeah. I think they're kind of known for doing at this point, but their movies don't all, I mean, Big Lebowski even does have a, a kind of resolution yeah. to it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, That's yeah. part of what I mean is like there is no like definitive It's just like this is their style. Well, I think their humor is mm-hmm. like pretty distinctive. Yeah. The way they use like just storytellers uh, uh like swearing Mm-hmm. Like curse words is always like really distinctive and funny. Well, and I think they always and it's like rep, rep, repetition a lot of the time yeah. is part of their style or their dialogue yeah. choices is like a lot of repetition and like back and back and forth repetition. Well, they feel like their influences are really specific, mm. like the things well, that they, they reference cinematically, or well, and very, they but they choose that by film, right? <clears throat> like they're they're making Sometimes. a film. Well, okay, but they're like you know, then you talk to them, they talk about like Preston Sturgis running through a lot of their stuff. Like you see it in No Brother most blatantly because sure. Sullivan's Travels is <laughs> about a guy that's made a movie called Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm. And at the end, when he's like. <clears throat> Um, cause he's run off from Hollywood because he wants to make movies for the people, Barton Fink, I'm a man of the people. I want to make movies for the people. That's right. where they got that. So then at the end, the a woman that's found him from the studio or whatever, takes him to a movie theater to show that's playing one of his, Oh brother, I think one of his movies. Right. And they bring in prisoners to the movie theater, like in Oh brother, where art thou? Okay. And it's an amazing scene and they come sit down and they laugh and they, and he's like, Oh, I did do that. Okay. I am making movies. For okay. You know? Yeah. But so you see stuff like that, like throughout their <clears throat> filmography too. So uh, I guess if you boil all those down, you could be like, "Oh, there's this influence." This but it's influence. always strong characters. Right? <laughs> like they, characters are supreme. Yeah, that, but they, I feel that that's what they. If you had to, uh, a commonality of mm-hmm. everything, their characters are fucking the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And they're living in a cruel world. <laughs> always, <laughs> always a cruel world. They never ignore the cruel world. Well, and yeah, no one ever has it easy. No one ever has it easy. No. No one ever has it easy. Well, it's always a lot about people. It's a a lot of their stuff is about people overreaching, too. Like No Country for Old Men. Trying to find it. Barton Fink. Trying to make it, man. Trying to make it in this bleak world, Mm -hmm. man. Yeah. So, and. Yeah, and extending. You're right. Yeah. uh, Because that's Tommy Lee Jones. He's just. That's that's Lewin Moss in No Country for Old Men. He overreaches by thinking like he can can outwit. Yeah, sugar yeah. and uh, sugar overreaches in a sense because he feels like he's some like a vessel of like moral justice in the world. But by the end of it, he's just in a he's just human like everybody else yeah. when he gets like in a random car wreck at yeah. the end. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've heard a criticism leveled against the Coen brothers throughout their career is that they're uh, they're like me and they're uh, they hate people. Um, <laughs> they I hate their characters. I don't think I that's true. That I don't never think that's true. That I never get that either. That's somebody putting their own bias into whatever review they're doing. I'm like, I don't think they're like uh, making Not at fun all. of these no, characters I feel or like anything. They celebrate. I think they see them. I think they see people as people are. I think. I think if anything, they're celebrating the humanity of what it takes just to survive. Yeah. Just I to live in this world. People are dumb, and people are messy, and there's and you know, it doesn't matter because the world's fucking hard and it's hard enough just to do anything and their happiness and their hopefulness is foolish sometimes yep. As is, like, yeah. you know it's okay to acknowledge all that yeah <laughs> right yeah. like i feel like most of their films simultaneously simultaneously exist in a world of like uh hopelessness and hopefulness yeah. at the same uh-huh. time right like, yeah. <laughs> like fargo is like hopeful and hopeless at the same oh. simultaneously yeah. right Big time. yeah 
feel like every scene is just layered with it. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of the same as like Inside Lewin Davis is yeah. like there's like a hopefulness and a hopelessness at the same time. It's almost like Fargo gives you, you know, with Marge and Norm, it gives you, it's like, you know, hold on to what's close to you because that's yeah. what you got. You know, right. it's kind of like mm-hmm. the rest of the world's fucked up yeah. and it's not going to get any better. But if, you know, if yeah. you can find this, but it's I probably also, the best you can do. But yeah. I also feel like they they don't do a lot of like moralizing in no. their movies. Which uh, I, feel I feel like that especially. Is, no moralizing. They, no. Which I think to certain people could make them like seem cold or something like right. that. But I, di- I don't, uh, yes. I don't sense that. Like not at all. I don't find that cold at all. I find yeah. Real real yeah because mm-hmm. people are just real yeah yeah because like they don't have the the good guy doesn't always win at the end but that's cool in their movies that they've kind of done it like that because when anytime you're watching a coen brothers movie you're like well i don't there are stakes to every single one of them because i've seen their other stuff and i know that mm-hmm. they <laughs> will yeah. kill people willy-nilly <laughs> yeah you know oh and also like talking about moralizing you get characters in a coen brothers that's trying to speak wisdom or give someone advice or like they're always like a bloviating idiot yes right like it's never like a wise person suddenly right. or they portray like a serious man when you go see all the religious leaders they're like he's wise and it's bullshit like right. they're just full of shit yeah they're, they're, they're yeah. just as full of shit as anybody else yeah Right. That's like their kind of their whole thing is like everybody's World's full of shit. That's what they all mean. That's what <laughs> all these movies. Everybody's are about. kind of full of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coen Brothers are just trying to tell everybody everybody's full of shit and we're all gonna die. Yeah. That yeah, is what they're pretty doing. Pretty much. Yeah. And you know and I what? Love it. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. That's just life. But I don't know. <laughs> like, to me, I think because I wasn't part of the culture of Fargo when it came out, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, Uh, part of the popular, okay. Yeah, yeah. like it doesn't have the significance to me that I think does probably for your guys' generation. Like for me, like No Country for Old Men coming out in like 2007 was like a seminal movie for me. Okay, because you were 17, right? I graduated in 2007, I was 18, yeah. All right. Uh, So that movie like is a lot more significant to me just in my, yeah kind of I got you I got like yeah consumer history you know (laughs) consumer (laughs) of media consumption yeah Uh so like I it would be tough for me to say that Fargo is the best Coen Brothers movie Uh because of I feel you like their later stuff is a lot more immediate to me in my like Mm -hmm. viewing of it you know what I mean yeah I feel you but I feel that you can't appreciate the origins oh, of all absolutely. the rest of that shit that 100%. comes. I mean, it, it really, I think that was what I was struggling to, to try and infer is that it, it kind of defined for them how to move forward. Sure. In, mm-hmm. in the future. I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching. I well, it's kind of that like sequel thing where <laughs> I like- I didn't get enough sleep last night, you guys. <laughs> when, when a movie does have a sequel that's like better than the first one, can you like, oh, how much can you really grade it on its own? because mm. it wouldn't exist without what yeah. came before. So right, all right. of their, their future ones you're saying? Yeah, exactly. So like they're not yeah. obviously not direct sequels, but like yeah. because there's such like a clear like through line and progression through all their work. None of their but none of their movies are in the same universe, are they? They never have any mm. like little winks to the audience or anything. No. Okay. I don't think so. Yeah, nothing nothing like oh, that. No, there is uh there is Hudsucker uh, exists yes, in Raising Arizona. That's right, Hudsucker exists. They work at Hudsucker Industries. That's right, oh. they do. And uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a couple things like that. 
but that's early and different in. stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I don't feel know like how they let far go that goes. Yeah, I feel like yeah. they let go of that. They didn't want to be. I assume yeah. that was conscious of like, I don't want to be cutesy. Let's, right. let's yeah. just let these go. Um, yeah. Um. <laughs> no, not that mother scratcher, Bob Parker. It's <laughs> uh, right. coming up. Well, do you guys have? Uh, <laughs> so I, the the reason I we haven't said much about uh, William H Macy. I mean, well, he's great. Right. He's, he's fucking really amazing. Great. Did yeah. he get an award for this as well? Did he get honored? Did he get he his m- honors? I he might have been nominated. Don't I don't know. So. Yeah. Francis McDormand seemed to be the one everyone talked about. Yeah. But it defined William H. Macy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd been... For sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, best Supporting Actor, he was nominated, okay. didn't win. Yeah. Um, that feels it, like a snub. Whoever won that year, I don't think it was going to be as Nominated good. for Best Picture, nominated Best Director. Well, and then there there was all the, like... Original the, Screenplay, which they won. The um, urban legend that the body out in the middle of the ice, or the, the, the field, the snow field, was um, Prince. That was that was the urban legend for years. That's that, right. Because he uh, loved that they were filming it, and he loved the whatever the movies. And he and it's in his neck of the woods. Yeah. So he the 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 lore was that he volunteered to go just lay there in the snow for the day's shoot. William H Macy lost to Cuba Gooding Jr. for Jerry Maguire. Oh my God! Show me the money. What? I, what? It just seems weird. What? It does seem weird. It I, seems what? like what? What are you guys saying? You guys. You don't. I'm not, you guys are not Cuba, all about the Quan. Cuba Gooding Jr. should not have won the Best Supporting you're, Actor Oscar for missing, Jerry Maguire. I think he's think good he, in that movie, and is, I like Jerry Maguire. You guys Maguire. aren't he's all about fine. the Quan. No. Um, this no. is also a Roger Deakins movie, which, like, for movie nerd <laughs> you think we're people, fighting. I think we're uh, finally getting along. It, Roger yeah, Deakins it. it's, like it's, has a, a a pretty like a, a filmography <laughs> like a mile thick of Who like does? Roger Deakins. Oh God, he's one of the greatest. Yeah, cinematographers ever. Oh, oh, the cin. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, mean, well, it, it won for that, right? Because there's couldn't possibly have been a better movie. F- no, he was nominated. He let's, didn't win. Who no. fucking won probably for that? Fucking over English Fargo? patient. Yeah, probably. Probably. English patient. probably. probably. English Jesus patient. Christ! Uh, I'm gonna look it up real quick. I think it's because people can't appreciate exactly how it was up against Evita, Fly Away Home, mm. Michael Collins, and the English patient. The English Michael patient Collins. won. The English patient won. But John Seal <laughs> All right. won for the English patient. Fuck. John you. Seal's great. John Seal shot Fury Road. Yeah, I'm and Dead Poet Society. Yeah. Anybody in that category? He shot is probably Fury great. Road at age seventy. He turned seventy on the set. So did George Miller. Huh. Isn't that crazy? But I mean, it's Ro- crazy. Actually. Young people couldn't have made that movie. But no. they Roger Deakins, bullshit. Way. Yeah, they would. They would have made they fast fucked it up. But yeah. Roger Deakins did like Skyfall and Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah. Oh, the list of Roger Deakins <laughs> amazing wild. movies. Yeah. Is well, that's all endless. the more. This no movie Country is for Old so, Men. I mean, oh my god, this movie. Okay. Well, honestly, like watching the the Roger Deakins movies, Roger, whenever Roger. whenever Sorry, I, whenever I watch them, I'm always like, this seems like it would be the coolest job in all of yeah. film. Yeah. Would be a cinematographer, mm-hmm. yeah, or like a, yeah, the 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 director of photography. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Would be the coolest job yeah. in I all of cinema. Presume that's <laughs> what most of us are thinking of when we're thinking of directing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just want to make it look cool. <laughs> I want to see like, <laughs> uh, and then you walk around like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always wanted to be a director just so I could have that little scope that they the pirate yeah. scope that they walk can, around with. You can just do that. You can. Yeah. You could put it on a necklace and just mm-hmm. as you walk into a coffee shop. <laughs> I almost had That's exactly those. what I was going <laughs> to say. It was, I was going to walk into a coffee finder. shop and just point that up at their menu and be like, I'll have a grande. To tell you, uh, I mean, honestly. Caramel coffee. I almost bought one of those after I made 
that short film because I was planning on keeping sure. on making stuff, and I was like, it, it really did it, feel like after that, I was like, I'd really like to have one of those. Yeah. So I could figure shit out before yeah. I have to set shit up. Sure. It's fucking it makes perfect sense. I mean, there's a reason yeah. they exist. They're not just to look like I assholes. Didn't get it. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's it's, why you didn't go on. It'd be one I thing know. if you got like it's a monocle of, version a of it. A monocle <laughs> just sits up there. <laughs> Uh, um, yes, that looks great. It's <laughs> got a little frame in it. <laughs> it's um, like a pinhole frame. I mean, I, I, there's not much more to say, or we could just mm. continue talking about it for the next three hours. True. But, yeah, but, I just wanted to. I just wanted go. to like say that, like, I going into the f- like, we got raising Arizona next week that we're yeah, gonna be talking about, yeah, yeah. and then going into which one of these is the don't best. Don't start getting thinking. Yeah, don't start the don't best start of thinking ahead yet, because. I was already thinking of things about this movie for the competition as well. I assume that's where you're going. Well, I was just uh, all I was just going to say was that like um it, it it's I think in this particular <laughs> instance with these three with these three specific movies, yeah. It's tough because like Inside Lewin Davis has my personal heart. my mm-hmm. heart yeah. and then Fargo kind of has like the histor- the cultural and historic uh, relevance and raising Arizona is just like a fucking romp. Yeah, oh my God. It's <laughs> yeah. It, how we're gonna? It's gonna just come down to how the the chips fall in our little categories. Honestly, I mean, I know I've made this list before. Of you have know, you ranked the Coen Brothers movies for myself at well, some like point on a toilet? And I know like <laughs> Lewin Davis and Raising Arizona are always really high, mm. and I fucking love Fargo, but it's n- not up there. For me, well, that's, so, and it's my pick, so that sucks. Well, well that's kind of what I was getting but I was at. In the same like, with my other two selections, selections that selection. I could have. Uh, that's kind of what from. I've been trying to get at. As that Fargo, I think, is recognized as their best, mm-hmm. but it, that doesn't mean it's necessarily like. And I would even <laughs> probably recognize it as one of their best, mm-hmm. but I, I don't but know if it would is be it their best, but, or is it my favorite? That's kind of what it, I yeah, think it kind of comes down to. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that's the whole struggle favorite. This whole thing. Yeah, that's gonna be a. It's gonna be the fight. It's gonna be a bloodbath. Because it's gonna be a fucking bloodbath. Can't argue each other's favorites. <laughs> no, this is your favorite. <laughs> blood has blood will be shed. Yeah, it's gonna be. Blood has been shed, Jerry. <laughs> Circumstances <laughs> have, have changed, changed. Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's kind of what I was talking about too. Of like the repetitive nature of like yeah. their dialogue is yeah. like the the way like he'll just keep saying Jerry like. Uh, punctuating all of his statements yeah. with Jerry. Yeah. It's so funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> or the way when he's talking to like Wade and Stan Grossman and Stan Grossman is like, we're not a bank, Jerry. <laughs> right. <now. laughs> yeah. Uh, I love how their dialogue feels so, uh, it feels real and it feels normal, but it feels so exact. Yeah. yeah. Like it feels very stylized at the same time, but, it, and like, it feels like every word's in place. Yeah. Like it's, it's gotta be this way. And I don't know if that's true. <sighs> Yeah, I think it is. I'm, but I'm it sure feels that, like I'm it. sure that you're saying exactly what they have on the page. Yeah, I would imagine would so. Would it were That's so simple. Would it were? I got. I got. Would it were? Would that it were? I got. Would that it I got were? A, 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 twer. I was using that and making people laugh very hard, very recently. It was satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Cones. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so that does it for Fargo, don't you know? Don't, don't you know? know. Oh, that was um, a great movie. movie. Yeah, great I mean, movie. Yeah. Great, great, great movie. We'll be back next week. 
talking about this raising Arizona, yeah. which I'm excited to do. That's my pick, uh, and I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. Uh, I need another point on the board yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I can make you guys my bitches. Oh my I God. need another point on the board, but I feel like this wasn't my fault. It's really weird to be like, Ah, I picked Fargo and I'm not going to win. <laughs> like, how well, the fuck does that happen? Well, because it almost, se- I think it, it is because it almost seems like passe. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it seems kind of cliche to have Fargo be mm-hmm. the best. As yeah. It kind of does. Yep. <laughs> but it is a great, like, my fault. it's one of those things where, like, it deserves it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. <Right? laughs> yeah. It Absolutely. deserves to be that. Kind of in the same way that, like, when, yeah, like Jaws, where people are like, yeah, Jaws is the best movie of mm-hmm. all time. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it deserves that. Or, like, Citizen Kane. Like, if you go back and watch Citizen Kane, it's like, oh, yeah, I get why. <laughs> Everybody's like, this movie fucking rocks, bro. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's my impression of uh, yeah, people Kane at fans. Comic Comic Cons dressed up like oh, Citizen Kane. I'm gonna see Citizen Kane. <laughs> Holy fuck, that movie's so fucking badass! <laughs> As he's dressed, he's dressed up like Kylo Ren. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my favorite movie is probably Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think there's guys at Comic Con that are dressed up like uh, like Orson Welles and Citizen Kane? Yeah, they're painted black and white, and yeah. people are like, "Are you Schindler's List?" I I see That's people at Comic Con dress up like Rosebud the yeah, sled. The sled. <laughs> that would be amazing to go to a Comic Con dressed like a sled. Rosebud from the Citizen Kane cinematic universe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's Citizen Kane and uh, Kane the wrestler. That's <laughs> the Kaneverse. Uh, <laughs> it's. Oh Citizen Kane, See No Evil, and See No Evil 2. <laughs> oh, God. That's all of them. <laughs> Very cool. Oh, shit. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. Do all that podcast stuff yeah, that it. you know. That's fine. And love and have heard on every other podcast since yes. the beginning of time. Yes. Uh, since 10,000 BC. <laughs> When humans first crept out of their (laughs) monkey mom's vaginas and invented the movie 10,000 Which Coen Brothers do you like the best? Um, (laughs) Oh, my God, with their hot dog fingers. (laughs) Honestly, let us know what your favorite Coen Brothers movie is. I'd be curious to know what most people do Honestly, do that. Honestly, we want you that. Uh, All right. Well, got really quiet. And it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye, everybody. And until next time, cry macho shitters. Such a super lady.